What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite podcast of entertainment news, movie news. I'm just throwing out buzzwords yeah. here. <laughs> TV, uh, all, the, all of it. Yeah, TV, <laughs> over the top. Yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, I hope y'all are listening to us as you uh, cook your turkeys. Uh, as always, uh, we are your hosts. My name is Willis. And my name is Josh. And uh, yeah, we're this is episode 29. Next one's going to be yeah. the big 30. We're getting um, to it. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'll have like a existential podcast crisis. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll be and fun. We'll go from there. But for today, let's start off with uh, some content here. Josh, what have you been consuming? Yeah, yeah. So I have been consuming some interesting stuff the past week. Uh, the first piece of content that I'm going to let you guys know about is the Halo teaser uh, for the show that's supposed to be coming either 2022 or 23. I think it's next year. Um, and the teaser is really pretty much just a couple shots of Master Chief's armor yeah. with the the classic Halo um, coral, whatever you whatever you call that theme. Which yeah. is that was enough for me to be like, oh okay, I, I'm I'm about this. I don't see anything else, but I'm I'm cool with this. And it's Pablo Schreiber, which I'm like, I love him. He's great. Um, he'll yeah. be a great Master Chief. He's like six seven, so it's like okay, size works. <laughs> yep. Um, and it looks cool. Yeah, again, it's nothing major, but it was just enough where I'm like, they did it right. They did the two things I needed to see to get me on board, Master Chief and the Halo theme, and that's it. Yep. So yep. I think just it's on trigger IGN. Trigger that nostalgia, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what anything about this show where it's going to be streaming yet, but uh, but yeah, check out the trailer or the teaser, I guess. It's 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 something. Um, and then my other piece of content is actually going to be another podcast. I don't know if we've brought these guys up. The, you recommended this podcast to me, but 70 Millimeter um yeah. the letterbox podcast or not technically because there is a letterbox podcast but inspired by letterbox yeah exactly inspired by letterbox and they did an episode on the mummy the brendan fraser mummy mm-hmm. and it is wonderful because i'm a huge fan of that film uh and brendan fraser in general and True. they shared my enthusiasm for him and what's coming for him. And it was <laughs> is just Brendan Fraser, your actual recommendation or your actual uh, piece of content. Let's be real. Brendan Fraser is always my, con- I'm always consuming <laughs> Brendan Fraser content every week, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for everything he has to come. And, uh, but yeah, check out 70 millimeter. Great, great stuff. Um, and yeah, Willis, what do you got? What do you got this week? Was you it, did you do two? Yeah, I did Halo and, uh, right. Oh God. 70 All right. Mm. I'm so on top of it. Yes. <laughs> um, they were short. Cool. Yeah. So I have, I have a couple things here. Um, one thing that I, I'm super excited for is there was a second trailer for nightmare alley. Yeah. Um, which mm. I am now even more hyped for. Um, yeah. You know, like one of those, not so much a teaser, but actually gives you like some detail on it. And yeah. I don't know. I'm really digging what Bradley Cooper's um, putting down. Yeah. Picking up what Bradley Cooper's putting down. Sure, know, yeah. Turn of phrase. Digging um, what he's filling in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, love me some Del Toro. Yeah, and it's I'm like into it, and I'm like I realize that this is gonna be a straight up horror movie. Yeah, but I'm like into it, which is like up. a weird thing for me. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's what's catching me that I'm like I gotta see this, but um, I am consuming every little drop of content that that movie puts out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a kind of an off book for a lot of the the members in the cast too it's like bradley yeah. cooper we haven't seen do something quite like this before so and uh yeah and uh kate blanchett in this and uh 
don't look up, right? And don't look up. Yeah, it's yeah big big winter for her. Oh my god. So the the second thing I have um, is I'm putting this here because I don't know yet if I recommend it, but I have been watching the Cowboy Bebop live action show on Netflix. Yeah, and it's good. It's odd. It's yeah. not exactly like this. Sh- like I can't put my finger on where I land on it yet. I'm. Yeah. I think I've watched three or four episodes of it. Um, mm-hmm. There are some things that I think are perfect. There are some things that I think are like a made-for-TV movie. Um, mm, okay. So we'll see where I am at the end of it. But those are my two. That's uh, Nightmare Alley and Cowboy Bebop. Uh, those yes. are my two pieces of content. Hell yeah. I watched the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, and I, I was also a little confused not having really seen much of the original. But yeah. It's stylish. <laughs> it's very stylish. And that's one of the things I feel like it nails is like the, the, yeah. Well, go, dear listeners, go listen, go watch Cowboy Bebop and uh, tell us what you think. Yeah, let us know. And let us have this segment mercifully end. Uh, and let's go into <laughs> the actual episode here. Uh, we got a lot yeah. of bigger picture kind of conversations going on today rather than more specific news. But um, yeah, the first thing we're going to touch on is Hollywood. And I guess, does it still need to be only in LA is LA not the centralized spot for Hollywood anymore? Um, yeah. And what does that mean? And what does that mean for the industry and filmmakers in general and actors and everyone, et cetera? Yeah. We are also going to talk about, the death and or diminishing of uh, platform releases for films, wherein, you know, it used to be like the more indie films would get like, hey, here's five or 10 theaters and then sort of grow from there. And now it seems it's just like, yeah, let's dump it in, you know, 800 theaters and see how it goes. Yeah. Or throw it on Netflix and do something weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're going to talk rather widely uh, about about sir ridley scott because he has been doing his tour for uh house of gucci and yeah. people are asking him some questions and he's answering them um but there's a few different things going on uh his comments about the last duel uh supposedly a blade runner and alien tv series and just his general thoughts on superhero movies uh, yeah. yeah yeah so <laughs> this will be an interesting one because it's like you can't really like it's ridley scott he's earned the right to say whatever the hell he wants of course uh, so you can't really argue with him but like but we're gonna try but we're gonna try yeah there we go <laughs> so that's what we're gonna hit up uh we got these three things coming at you and let's get right to it yeah all right, so Hollywood and L.A. I'm going to put down this pen I have because I'm just going to sit here clicking the, the top and all of our listeners will and hate ruin me. the whole episode, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hollywood and L.A. So it's an interesting thing because for the longest time, it was like if you really wanted to be in any kind of actual Hollywood project or anything like that, uh, you had to go to Hollywood. Yeah. Which kind of just isn't the case anymore. Yeah. 
I mean, it's arguable that that's where all of these productions are based out of, but I would say, especially given some of the production tax incentives that a lot of states are offering, Massachusetts included, yeah, there's a fiscal debate about whether or not Hollywood's ideal and like there's a whole decentralization of everything that's just kind of like you know everybody learned how to do things remotely so what parts really need to be in Hollywood anymore right like is the central hub a necessity anymore it, it yeah. was back before like f- smartphones <laughs> you know and everyone having zoom and, and a laptop yeah. at their disposal but but now yeah i mean it's really weird cuz hollywood i mean hollywood is in los angeles so it's like the hollywood yes. thing is that's what you think of when you think of, you know, the Hollywood Hills. It's there in Los Angeles. But I think you mentioned this either last episode or the episode before. Most things, well, it's hard to say most things, but a lot of things aren't produced there anymore. Like yeah. so many people are moving to Texas and Florida and going to other states. I mean, you just mentioned Massachusetts. Um, and so already there's this kind of... there was this Georgia mass, too. We and Georgia and uh, the Carolinas, I believe. Yeah. And, um, so there's already kind of been this mass exodus because of COVID because everyone's like, it's just too expensive to live here. It's too expensive to make stuff here. It's just not yeah. worth it. But I mean, I guess the real question is, does it matter if everything is based out of LA anymore? Because I mean, I've never lived there, but I know that the rent prices for everything are super high. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's insane. It's, it's like living in New York city. It's just not really that possible for most people. So, I mean, does it matter if everything moves away from L.A., but it's still maybe that's where you like Hollywood will be a thing forever. But if production companies start to just move elsewhere, I yeah, you know, that's a weird that's really weird to think about. I mean, does it matter? I don't really know. Well, so, I mean, I look at it as like you take like the classic Hollywood like dream, you know, of I'm going to go to Hollywood. I'm going to make it, I'm going to become an actor or, you know, a director or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The biggest thing that I can see that is still a benefit of, and I guess this is going to get a little existential in terms of like <laughs> being in places just as a group in general, but oh, true, uh, true. short of, yeah, like more people around you that you might just happen to run into that you can collaborate with and things like that. That is something that's still just like a, you know, you need to be able to go to a party or go to a event or go to a screen yeah networking kind of things there's that and i don't think networking online has figured itself out yet i can't think of anything where i'm like oh yeah let me just go join this zoom meeting i guess like a discord server is like a similar kind of thing yeah and i mean you can kind of if you're lucky enough reach out to whoever you want to via you know social media whether or not they see it and respond is a whole other thing but you can actually just dm you know um blanking on anyone right now but you can dm anyone del toro yeah yeah del toro i don't know if he's on twitter but you could in theory dm them and you know talk to them if you want to um but yeah continue well no so but like my concern is just then like uh not necessarily like the del Toros or the Scorsese of the world, but like, you know, like you and I running into each other, you know, mm. and then being able to collaborate enough to like start a podcast or start, make a film or something like that. Like that's right. something that's, I don't think the networking side of that is fully evolved yet, but I think it's growing. Yep. So like to sort of 
bring it back. I feel like that's kind of the thing that Hollywood still, and I'd say New York to a degree still has going for it of more of a chance of just running into people who you might collaborate with. Yeah. But in that same vein, that's about it. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's weather's nice. Yeah. yeah, The weather's nice. Uh, (laughs) But like, it's one of those, any kind of job these days that you might get is not necessarily something that has to be in person. You know, like you could do, like if you're going to be, if your dream is to go to Hollywood and you can make it like, you know, the traditional entry level thing is like, oh, like a script reader for a film festival or for a studio or something like that. Mm-hmm. No reason that that has to be in public, in public, mm-hmm. in person. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like all of this stuff that, everyone kind of just went, yeah, this has to be in LA, in LA, in LA is not. Yeah. And like, if they're not even shooting there, you know, I think Massachusetts, I I can speak the most about this because we live in Massachusetts. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But like, they've been doing a lot of stuff recently of just like an increase in major Hollywood kind of productions. I mean, free guy shot here in Worcester. They're shooting the tender bar. Like now, I think Yeah, Clooney movie. The new Dexter season filmed here. Yeah. Like, these are not insubstantial things. And, like, you have the potential living in Massachusetts to work on, to get a credit on something like this, which starts to build, like, a, you know, a resume. Yeah. Not that, like, well, I, like, starts to build, like, I, I hesitate to use the word legitimate resume, but, like, a notable resume. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something that's, like, oh, yeah, I operate on this kind of higher level than... I shot like, or I do a podcast with my friend. There right, exactly. I'll, I'll get, I'll get self-deprecating here. That's the way out right. of this awkward yeah. thing I built myself into. But I don't know, Josh, what do you, where do you land on this? Like what's, what are your thoughts? So I completely agree with you in the fact that the, one of the only things that Hollywood still has going for it is that centralized hub for people to go and network. That's, that's totally true. And same thing with New York. It's like, these are the places where if you want to be in TV or in the new, like there's some thing, there's places where you can just go out and meet people. But yeah. for me, it seems like a generational thing. Like, I mean, Ooh. we're growing up in the age where kids like are glued to their computers, their phone, social media, mm-hmm. and not necessarily going out to do like, I don't know what the kids are doing these days. And, and I find <laughs> it harder to believe that kids are well, if more. You don't know, Josh. Well, <laughs> hey, I've been out of college for like three, four years now. So, um, but it's like, what happens when that isn't important to them? Like going out and meeting people. It's like, oh, I can just go find anyone I want to in, in on Instagram or, you know, all my friends are like you said, Discord, yeah. like all these places where you can just meet virtually. And COVID kind of threw a wrench into everything where that's where people meet now. So it's like, yeah. I get that, but I'm wondering how much that actually matters to the generation that's coming up now. For me, I still enjoy meeting people in person. That's just the way I do things. But I know a lot of people, my my sister included, who's like, you know, yeah, you know, I'd be fine with. I mean, dating is all online now. So it's like people just, I don't know if that in person thing means as much to this newer generation. For sure. And that's my only thing. Like, if that goes away, then Hollywood is like the actual place of Hollywood is kind of obsolete at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when they're shooting on big LED virtual stages, you don't even need to be outside anymore. So it's like... Yeah, and those, and that's the thing. I think that's sort of the next step into kind of what we're talking about is... And I mean, I guess not even next step, but current step is expanding all of these things to be like, yeah, like 
you know, there's Culver City that has all of the old yeah. lots and, you know, the Fox lot and the Paramount lot and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, Sony or whatever. Yes. But like, as soon as this stuff, like, again, in Massachusetts, they just like took off any expiration for the tax credits here. So like the tax credits in Massachusetts are forever. Oh, like or indefinite. Until some, oh, okay. Yeah, indefinite. Yep, yep. Cool. So there was they were set to expire in 2023, and they basically decided to let go of that expiration date and not put any kind of new one. And make it never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, which, because it's, like, it's a profitable thing for the state. Yeah. Um, not to get into, like, state government and all that. But, um, <laughs> but now, well, but here's the thing, is now that that is finalized, it makes sense for, like, a small business owner or a would be entrepreneur to say, Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up a film studio, like a legitimate, huge, like soundstage in the middle of Massachusetts because there aren't. Yeah. You know, there's like a couple major sound stages in Massachusetts, but you know, nothing hugely substantial that can support a growing industry. Yeah. So like that's the kind of thing that's cool and like that's the kind of thing that we're going to start seeing more and more is like okay yeah like I can go to this place for an on location kind of thing or and get a tax cut yeah or I can go and just film here and get the whole thing done because not only does it have the great locations that I want the costs that I want but it also has all of the things that I would get in LA but anyway here yeah exactly yeah yeah um, so yeah I mean I don't. Like, there will always be the big names that are, like, living in Hollywood. And I think New York is this to a degree. I think New York has this kind of vibe for TV more than, like, feature and stuff like that. But Oh, God, yeah. But it's one of those things. It's like, I can get my car and drive to New York if someone needs me in New York for something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it doesn't require me living there 24-7, 365. Yeah. You know? Totally. So, I guess... I agree that like LA is kind of going to be played out. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think what it comes down to is LA what's happened to Los Angeles and Hollywood in general is it's become so much more than just what, like where movies are made. It's where celebrities live. It's where musicians live. It's where everyone is based out of. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be this whole thing where everyone just suddenly leaves Los Angeles. Cause it is, you know, still a, sure. a nice place to live if you've got enough money, but I just, yeah, I just don't think it's going to matter too much to the studios anymore, especially or the studios or independent filmmakers or anyone to be like, well, it's cheaper any way you slide it to go anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and we can do the same things. Like, <laughs> It's interesting that you bring up celebrity because like, I feel like that might be where the distinction is, is people will still pack up and go to, to Hollywood because I'm going to, quote unquote, become famous. Sure. You know, um, but yeah. that might not necessarily translate to I'm going to go and become a filmmaker, become a great filmmaker. I'm going to go and become a great actor yeah you know um or a successful actor but like yeah it's more of i'm gonna go be famous and that's where famous people are whereas if you're like i want to go be a filmmaker you don't need to be in that location to do that no that is really weird to think about too because i mean tiktok twitch youtube like you can become rich and famous and not have to do the same things that you used to like i i mean being an actor was 
what celebrities were being an actor being a musician that was what yeah. celebrities were for the longest time and now it's like no you can be a celebrity by just doing a funny being. dance on tiktok like just yeah. being nobody and it's like and so i think you're right and i think that i mean it's i would like, like to take cannon a, yeah <laughs> used to be an actor now is just kind of exists he just is around as nick cannon like yeah <laughs> yeah i mean but it's weird because i wonder if kids and I say kids, anyone under the age of 20, yeah. like what do actors mean to them? Like, do they still think like, oh, Brad Pitt or like, you know, Jennifer Lopez or I'm naming such random actors, but like, is that still a thing where they're like, that's the, that's the person I want to meet? Or is it like, no, I want to meet, you know, like Ninja on Twitch or I want to meet like all of these other people. Yeah. Like, is that goal just shifted away from wanting to be in the movies because there's so many other ways to be famous and rich now it's like yeah. you don't have to do that like <laughs> yeah very interesting i th- i mean i think that's very possible i think that's i mean again not a not a youth but like <laughs> I, I mean it, it definitely makes sense given like the climate of today and all that kind of stuff it's just one of those that's like i guess it could almost be good for the industry of like yeah less people that are just trying to like be in a movie so that they can say they're an actor and hang out with other famous people and like yes you know you can just say oh i want to be famous it's not like well i'm going to become famous through acting or i'm going to become famous through um yeah right because there's still a talent involved with being a a well-renowned actor like so yeah. yeah yeah but like it's one of those that like that you don't need to be in hollywood for that anymore yeah it's very odd i mean it's yeah, that that is definitely something that has been going away for a little bit now, and I think it might just be gone at this point of like, oh, actor, I want to be that to be famous. It's like my question, and we well, we can use this and then we'll tie it up. But like, is to what level is the money out here in like? So say I'm want to become oh I want to become a famous filmmaker or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and say I do some, you know, like the standard, like about to be discovered kind of filmmaker person, like mm-hmm. done a couple things, well received, film festivals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like if I live in central Massachusetts or the middle of nowhere, Montana or Alaska or wherever, are there going to be studios, executives, production companies, whatever, that are going to reach out to me on the same level? to like offer not offer money, but like, yeah, offer money to like make my next project or something like that. Or mm. like that, where's the money going right now? Cause like, is the money going to go to filmmakers and then they say, yeah, look, you can do this. We're going to figure it out. It's going to be cheapest in Georgia. So we'll go shoot there. Mm-hmm. Like, but not necessarily because you're in Georgia. Like, if you're in Iowa and you know what I mean? Like, like which comes first type of deal? Like, would it be yeah. more of like, okay, you're a filmmaker and you're living in yeah, New Hampshire. Like, are we going to come to you or is it going to be okay? Um, yeah. Like can that level of like what Hollywood is and what Hollywood puts into the world. And I'll like include the New York TV thing into this as well mm-hmm. of like, that's where the higher end stuff comes from currently is what's going to be produced still centralized around Hollywood Mm. and like on that tier one level, you know what I mean? Of like, you know, Ridley Scott stuff or not even Ridley Scott stuff, but like the stuff that Netflix is putting out or like 
are they offering financing and chances, et cetera, to more small town filmmakers and actors and whatnot? That's the bigger question, I think, because it's like, yeah, because if they're not, then this is not a, even an issue. Like, you got to go to Hollywood still. Like, <laughs> well, I like and yeah, like that's the big question. Like, I mean, I, I don't think- know. I think they're more willing to do that. I mean, I'm just thinking about the newer studios that have been coming out that will do those low budget films like Blumhouse and a 24 and, um, neon. Like there's a bunch that will like even Annapurna to some like extent, but, um, that are willing to, and I would like to, I would actually like to know where a lot of these are, are produced because I'm sure they're not all produced in LA. There's no way like all of Ari Aster's film, like at this point, I think that if you have a really good idea and they think that you know what you're doing, depending on the studio, they'll just kind of let you run roughshod and do what you need yeah. to do. Do you think, I'm, I know we said it was going to be our last point, but do you think <laughs> like uh, this makes the festival circuit more important? <sighs> just to get, like get yourself out yeah, there. Yeah, like if you, thing? you know, well, that's a loaded question because like, does that make it more important but like also is a festival still the most effective way to get your film seen by larger producers see i don't know that that's a i feel like that's a debatable no it's probably a no because i mean many people are discovered throughout other other avenues these days and are given chances by people who aren't execs i think that's the other thing it's like you don't necessarily need to be seen by someone who is a super higher up at a studio sure you just need to be seen by someone who gives a shit about your work and can do something about it um so that's an interesting question i really don't know i mean Fuck, you can put your film out on Amazon Prime without any sort of yeah. anything. Or like, I mean, stuff like, and that's like, I've seen things that, you know, people do films and they put them out. And I think I've talked about this before on this podcast. And then they jump to number one on iTunes or they yeah. get 100 million views on. And then Netflix comes knocking for distribution mm-hmm. or something like that. Or who's like, hey, like, let us do a distribution deal with you since this is such yeah. a popular thing. And Ooh. then you're off to the, you know what I mean? Like that's, that might even be a easier gauge for them to, or an easier metric for them to gauge because it's like, Oh, we know that this people like notable this versus views, like, yeah. we're just going to get base it off our own tastes and say, okay, the audience at this one screening seemed to enjoy it. So let's just purchase this script or, you know, yeah. yeah. Versus this has a hundred million views on iTunes or has, you know, 20 million views on yeah. YouTube or whatever. It's like, or this filmmaker has consistently put out, you know, film like films that rack up hundreds of thousands of views and has their yeah. own following that's that's like an interesting and we're getting way away from like hollywood here but like <laughs> but that's uh, that's kind of the, what we're talking the point, about kind of yeah nothing that we were just saying in that kind of timeline is based on being in the same physical location or country or hemisphere no. as like any of it you know what i mean right um yeah it's a weird like the world is much bigger but much smaller all at the same time totally oh my god what a wow what a weird time i mean hollywood itself is gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the next decade because yeah i mean if hollywood becomes not the place where movies are made which it largely isn't now but if it's seen as not the place where movies are made well i guess where movies are made is not the term it's like where movies originate from Cause like, I feel like sure. it's like, yeah, they'll go anywhere and film it. But like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. You know, um, 
excuse me while I uh, get really specific and nitpicky about how you're phrasing particular things. It's okay. I got to keep, you got to keep me in check here. You know know what else is smaller, but also somehow larger? Sure. Yeah. Film releases. Yes. And uh, platform releases versus wide releases and all of this kind of shenanigans going on here um Mm -hmm. so josh do you want to give us like a sort of breakdown of like what a platform release is or i suppose i could if you'd like yeah sure um yeah well from what i know of platform releases basically it was kind of a slower rollout of a film from someone who maybe wasn't like steven spielberg or someone you know more of an indie film that would be shown at maybe a dozen students or a dozen theaters a a small amount of theaters here and then slowly rolling out to you know 800 screens 1300 screens and then on um expanding especially as the oscar season approaches and kind of drumming up attention for the piece you know you you've all you all know what i'm talking about you've seen all those trailers and teasers where it's like this person says this about this movie you know number one movie ever like all of these press releases coming out about you know uh the buzz around these films yeah i mean and these days i mean (laughs) shit just drops like (laughs) yeah well and we've talked about that a lot on here of how things just sort of appear and like on streaming or in theaters it's like yep it's here we're just there you go yeah um and it's one of those that like that's arguably really detrimental to some films some things that are more like blockbusters and things like that are obviously like yeah like everyone's gonna go see spider-man you know it doesn't need to build (laughs) hype hype yeah, yeah. <laughs> um god help us if we like can you imagine if they really spider-man in like 40 theaters dude there'd be like riots there would be a line around the fucking block for all 40 of those theaters yeah <laughs> and it would get pirated so fast and yeah like, it would be like what are you doing it's, yeah, yeah yeah uh but anyway but so i think the the article we were reading here is arguably talking more about films like Spencer or Belfast. I saw Belfast. Yeah. Like things that are not necessarily like a mass appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but can build up that momentum and that hype through people seeing it and people saying, Oh wow, that was really good. You got to go see it. Yeah. Word of mouth. And then it's like, Oh yeah. And then you say, Oh yeah, this was, did really well in these, 30 theaters that it rolled out to let's yeah. do a hundred theaters. Right. Let's do with, you know, 500 screens. Let's do whatever. And that sort of builds the momentum and builds exposure and like, but we don't really see that anymore. No, not at all. Not even like a little bit, like for some huge movies, you'll see sort of a rollout. But like when we're talking about Spider-Man, like I'm not thinking they're going to be doing this whole market. Well, they're obviously going to put a lot into marketing, but it's not going to be the same thing as something like come on, come on or Belfast or something that's like, um, doesn't have the wide mass appeal. That doesn't matter if it has a huge marketing budget behind it. Or doesn't have a name like instantly recognizable name, like Spider-Man attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I say the word Belfast, people are like, what? Yeah, even that, if you said Kenneth movie? Branagh, people are like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the guy from uh, Harry Potter. No. Yeah. Uh, Professor Lockhart. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's one of those, I'm like, 
Well, how do you think this relates to the streaming world that we're into? Well, it's hard to say because with streaming, I mean, most of the time, unless it's a really big release, they don't push it at all. Like yeah. literally at all, even with stuff as big as like six underground, like I saw stuff coming out a week before that they were pushing it on their homes page. And then that was it. Yeah. Um, but even stuff like Mank or um, the trial of Chicago seven, I'm like, I did not really know those were coming. I mean, I did cause I follow David Fincher, but it's like, sure. you don't really, they were not publicizing those at all. Like you have to go hunting for them. Yeah. Like for come on, come on. And uh, the harder they fall. We know about them because we talk about them and we actively yeah. had to look through the listings. I don't think I've seen a single po like anything for either of those movies really. Like I've seen stills from Andrew Garfield, but like no real marketing push for either of those films. Yeah. So I really don't I think like streaming has made that pretty much obsolete and i don't know why because advertising is still very important although if it's on netflix it's the number one thing on the home screen so that's maybe the advertising maybe maybe but also that's it's if that's the thing that they're promoting that week you know what i mean like right like i i opened up netflix this past weekend to well i haven't watched it yet which shame on me but to make sure that tick tick boom had indeed come out and i like yeah. <laughs> knew the timing right but it was yeah. still red notice at the top of my banner mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And that's like on an algorithm that's pointed towards me. Right. And it's like not even putting tick, tick, boom at the top. And so like the, yeah. the other th interesting example that I, I saw in this article that we uh, were looking at here is um, Titan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which won the Palm d'Or at Cannes mm -hmm. this year. Which is like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and like, huge. it's like this huge thing. And like, you know, is out on Amazon. And like, the only reason I know that is because when it won the bomb door, I was like, Oh, I gotta like figure out when this is coming to the U S. Yeah. And so I like, f I think I followed it on Instagram. So I like actually see like what's been going on with it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, other than that, I'm like, there's no one, there's no one out there pushing that. And I feel like we're getting sort of away from what we were talking about there, but like the streaming stuff, it's like a, it's kind of an all or nothing for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. As opposed to this, like you can't put something on Netflix and then release it more on Netflix. Yeah. Only these 5,000 accounts get it. And then the rest of yeah. you get it. <laughs> like, yeah. Can you imagine that'd be. Oh my God. If they, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Our best subscribers. I'm just like it. thinking like through like the uproar that would. Oh, it would be a nightmare. It would be a. It would be awful. <laughs> a PR disaster. To to go off on a on a tangent here, I wonder if they could do like a tiered thing here of like, like, do you consider yourself a filmy, a filmy, uh, <laughs> a cinephile, a cinephile? <laughs> like, sign up, pay an extra dollar a month to have the cinephile profile built into your algorithm, so it feeds you that high, like that more high end filmmaking stuff. Not gonna lie, I, I might. I, that. I would kind of do that <laughs> if it was only a dollar more. Like, I kind of do that. Well, it, yeah, whatever. X, but like you know, tweaks to the algorithm based on what you say you yeah. are, right? Because like I always do enjoy when I get to the like you know seven carousels down where it's like oh yeah, uh, award winning features yeah. and things like that, and I'm like oh yes. cool, like what's actually here that I'm finally like, let's watch here's some movies. good movies yeah. as opposed to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, here's five, um, you know, reality shows that, I yeah. don't, anyway, right. we're just dunking on. Uh, hey, if you produce bullshit, we're going to call it out. So, so wait, to come back to what I think my original thought was, is if there was like a cinephile, like checkbox for the algorithm, all right, that added two, three dollars to it. That could give you the same kind of thing of here's, we're going to put the French dispatch out on Netflix. And Mm -hmm. I know that's not happening, but, or Zola, we're going to put Zola out on Netflix to the cinephile community. Mm -hmm. If it does really, really well there, maybe it has that push to like go over to the more widespread kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you have like, the cinephile thing that like 90% of people with the cinephile like checkbox watch this movie. Yeah. That can translate over to, well, like that probably means that we would get 40% of like average this other X. Yeah. Like category, mm-hmm. which like, I think that's actually pretty dope. Yeah. Versus fucking burying it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think we're, we're just arguing for like the platform release really. But like, yeah. that's, I think it still works. Like it still gives. It's a viable option. I mean, it's smart. Okay. Well, so here's the thing. Poll, taking a poll is never a bad option. Like getting Mm -hmm. a a consensus of what people are going to, that's why they do test screenings to make sure that this movie that they've made isn't universally hated by everybody. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, this is having a platform released is nothing but a good thing for everyone. There's another algorithm tweak. uh, The, test release box yeah yes which oh dude i would check that so fast show me all the stuff that you're not sure about give it to me right now (laughs) it would have to be like weirdly consequential like the afterwards would have to take like half an hour or something like like a not insubstantial amount of time where it's like okay yeah let me just click through these three menus (laughs) yeah done with it it's true yeah they'd have to do a little more thinking about that but uh there's a a written paragraph piece at the end where it's like compose a (laughs) Like the SATs. You, you need to do 750 words on yeah. why you look <laughs> yeah. so fast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, uh, I would actually be super into that. But uh, <laughs> I, I, and I would too. And I, I would bet you were not alone. I Definitely feel like we're not. launching our own like streaming service here. It's like the Criterion Collection, but like not as intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. as complete disregard for anything that's not like yeah, exactly. Criterion worthy. Yeah. Exactly. Although The Rock, they put out The Rock. The on Michael, Criterion? On Criterion, yeah. Okay. I picked it up on DVD for like seven dollars once. Let's at a go. Virgin Megastore. <laughs> and it has like, a Criterion. Yeah, the like Rock a, Criterion. Yeah, it's got its custom box go. and everything. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. I don't know how it made it on there, but that's pretty sweet. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that's my recommendation. No. Uh, hey, no, no shame here, man. I fucking <laughs> dude. That movie's rocks. I. I, I yeah. No pun. <laughs> So yeah, to come, I mean, it's a shame if these are, if platform releases are gone because it's a good metric. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to let some films do better than like they would, like if you put like a not widespread movie in 2000 theaters, 1500 theaters, whatever Mm -hmm. the law of large numbers says like, yeah, you're less likely to get as big of a showing as if it's only in New York or LA. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to see if some of these movies that came out this year, obviously with COVID, everything changed, but yeah, 
like if some because uh, a lot of the movies that aren't big blockbuster tentpole pieces they didn't do well so like even yeah. like wes anderson movies never do crazy numbers but like the french dispatch was did awful last night mm-hmm. in soho did absolutely awful i'm sure spencer's gonna do terrible and Belfast. i'm sure these all are gonna do straight up garbage because nobody knows what these movies are like yeah. when i asked like it's just like we saw the french dispatch and first of all it didn't play like these aren't playing in every theater so it's like yeah the amc you have to go near find me it. yeah they they were not none of these movies played in the amc near me we had to go to amc like in boston which is not that big of a deal but still it's not the it's not in it's every not single nothing. theater yeah. um so yeah i I think it's a shame if that goes away because, like you said, it's going to leave out a a huge number of films that people are just never going to hear about and never going to see, um, yeah. making way for these pieces that don't need PR, that don't need a platform release. Yeah. Spider-Man, The Eternals, they don't need a platform release. Like, what? <laughs> Put it in everyone's... Yeah, you don't have to build yeah. <laughs> hype around something that's been building hype for 20 years. Yeah, but Belfast, you better build hype on that because... Like nobody even knows what it's about. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's. I don't even know. We we've been talking about it over and over again. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I've definitely well, watched the trailer, but I'm like, I don't really remember. It's like Kenneth Branagh, like doing his whole like. It's kind of oh, yeah. semi about his childhood, kind of, but also not really. It's just a love story for Belfast type of thing. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> Which I think is going to be an amazing film. Um, yeah. like many of these movies will be, but Judy Dench, right? Judy Dench, yep. I remember which I remember this movie now. Yeah, it looks looks great, but that's a hard sell compared to Spider Man or compared to even something like um, House of Gucci. Yeah, I mean that has the star power behind it. Not that Judy yeah. Dench isn't a huge star, but it's like, well, you have Lady but Gaga. But this is not a star. Yeah, <laughs> Jared Leto. Yeah, Al Pacino. Yeah, Al like, Pacino. Yeah, <laughs> Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah, any number, any one of those names would bring people to the theater. So, so I mean. Speaking of Ridley Scott, since there we, we just go. brought him up, I mean, yeah. I was like over here. I'm like, are we? Are we? We're, I think we're done. I think I'm done. That's I don't know. <laughs> pretty smooth. Yeah, like I'm yeah. like, I think that we're pretty smooth here. Like we're in a good spot. We are. Uh, and then I went and talked about it for another ten minutes. You know, it's okay. So, Sir Ridley Scott. Yes, sir. That's where we landed on. I'm pretty sure he's a sir. Yeah. Well, you write it. You wrote it on the doc, and now I just assume. So now I'm questioning. But anyway, well, we talked um, about this before, and we doesn't matter. Yeah, and we did absolutely no follow up. But we have um, no idea. Yeah. So Ridley Scott, and like I feel like we should start this by saying like Ridley Scott is a legend, and like has oh earned God. the right to say whatever the hell he wants to say. Yeah, one of the greatest like, filmmakers living yeah. today. Like, so. That being said, <laughs> that being said, recently in an interview, I believe in a podcast, uh, he was asked about the last duel, which did not do well in the box office. No, but I heard it was great. But yeah, yeah. Let me let me bring up the number here. Oh, I didn't even see this number. It's gonna be abysmal. The last duel. Jesus. Okay, it did ten million dollars domestically 16 international for a total of 27 million on probably like a against a hundred million dollar budget that's what i read yeah i mean it's it's ridley scott he doesn't he don't go small no he don't so so the last duel did not go well um to say the least it's one of i think one of the bigger bombs of his career um yeah 
and he's he's blaming the film doing poorly on millennials. Come on, Ridley. Which like any I feel like any time you say like well millennials like you just automatically get a collective eye roll from not just like a generation but like several generations. Yes. Not to mention the fact that like yeah like probably the people he's talking about like are not like millennials are probably Gen Zs. Yeah. But yes. Being a millennial, I like won't go into that whole thing. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, he, he his quote was uh <laughs> I think what it boils down to, and this is him talking about the last the failure of the last duel, I think what it boils down to is what we've got today are the audiences who were brought up on these fucking cell phones. The millennium do not ever want to be taught anything unless you're told it on a cell phone. The millennium falcon. <laughs> I th- yeah, I don't know what millennium is, but um <laughs> was and then there's a second part i want to give the full quote here this is a broad stroke but i think we're dealing with it right now with facebook this is a misdirection that happens where it's given the wrong kind of confidence to this latest generation i think so i don't really know what that second half means no and what it means what it has to do with the last duel at all is yeah also like okay facebook sure there's there's a definite like old man yells at cloud kind of vibe going on on this. Yeah. But like the thing I sort of want to get to is like, like, yeah, Ridley, like things have changed drastically. And like, <laughs> and like you're targeting that audience. Now. Like that's the thing I'm like, you can't say this is a movie for millennials, which like, I don't think he ever said that, but like, you can't say that like, this was my target audience, but my target audience didn't go see this movie because fucking cell phones because of Facebook. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're creating a film for this audience. Like you, do you get what I'm trying to like put down here? Like this, like, yes. I mean like the audience that, so the, the generation that Ridley Scott is from, I mean, yeah. what did we say? He's in his late mid to late eighties. He's in the eighties. Yeah. I think he's 82 or 83, yeah. Right, they're not going out to see The Last Duel. So it's like, he's making movies for the younger generation who's still going to go out to the theater to watch movies. Yeah. And he's shit-talking them, saying they're not going to watch my movie because they're busy on their cell phones? Or whatever? I'm not sure his point, 100%, but I, I get what you're saying. And the other thing that I think is funny is like, The Last Duel is a hard sell no matter what's going on. Yeah. If COVID wasn't a thing, if cell phones weren't invented, the last duel is a hard sell, no matter what. I mean, it's a it's it's a period piece. Yeah. With Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. With Matt Damon and Ben Affleck that deals with rape. Like yeah. that's what the subject matter is. And like arguably like a like a um like a judicial like approach to that of like yeah. It's like a court. It's like a heavy drama. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like dealing with things that I didn't go see it because not because of those reasons, but because it was like you need to be in a specific mindset to want to sit through the last duel. Not that it's a bad movie, yeah. but it's like it's a hard sell. So him saying 
just because all these damn cell phones. Dude, Ridley, this movie was supposed to come out two years ago. Like, it had nothing to do with the fact that millennials or millennials or whatever, you know, have too much time on their phones. Like, it has to do with this movie and the fact that nobody really cared about it. Like, yeah. that's just what it comes down to. Well, and it's like you, yeah, it, the, the thing that, that sticks out to me is that he goes, uh, they don't want to be taught anything unless you're told it on a cell phone. And I'm like, that, I mean, was the last duel supposed to be like a lesson on like medieval judicial, like, like, what does that mean? Like, was this supposed to be a, you know, a class on what? Like, is this supposed to be documentary esque in its like educational level? Like, and maybe I'm reading too much into that one word and like, you know, he is British, so I might be interpreting it separately, but like, I don't think you are <laughs> like, yeah, especially nowadays, like there's a level to which maybe in like the, you know, the seventies and the eighties and stuff like that, it was more of a, or less of a entertainment value coming yeah. off of movies, which I think is arguable. Um, totally. I don't know if that's totally arguable against like, you know, the guy who made alien and blade runner and gladiator and another alien know, movie, two more another, alien movies. Yeah. Um, and what's the other one I'm forgetting? I keep wanting to say top gun, but that was Tony Scott black Hawk down. I mean, that's yeah. still an amazing film, but, and I mean, there is like a level to which those are all like, well, I was going to say historical dramas, but like, like gladiator is like in that same kind of vein but it's like you're still talking entertainment like i'm not going yeah. to see gladiator to see its historical accuracy and learn about ancient rome no it's cool if i pull pick apart things like that but like sure i don't see where the tie-in here has to do with phones there is no he's he's being a he's being an old guy yeah, he's being a, a crotchy old man. And like, yeah, it, times change, man. Like, I'm I'm sorry, like, that the films that you make don't fit the same. Like, you were not in the same entertainment bracket that we were 50 years ago. Yeah, totally. And I don't think that, I mean, he also goes on about Marvel and superhero movies in general. Yeah. And I Let's also, talk about that. Well, I also don't think that's the problem. Like, the problem isn't the content that's being made right now. Because, let's face it. If most people would rather go see Eternals than The Last Duel, that's not their fault. Like, that's just yeah. the way that things are. Um, and I think that it's weird because older filmmakers, this is what I've seen. Although I love Paul Thomas Anderson. He was, he loves Venom, the second Venom mm -hmm. movie. I was like, yes, dude. He's just like, it's just yeah. fun. And I'm like, that's what it's supposed to be. And PTA movies famously never make any money. Like they yeah. usually hemorrhage money. So I'm like, of course, he's someone who's about the art and the craft of making a film for the purpose of telling a story and entertaining people. Whereas when it comes to people like Ridley Scott, I'm like, just learn about what's happening. Like, yeah. figure out where things are and the fact that things don't stay the same forever. Yeah. I mean, Tarantino does this all the time, too, and Scorsese. It's a different industry like, now, yeah. It's totally different. And for them to be like, well, it's gonna, it's just things don't stay the same and you need to change with the times. Um, and yeah, none of it has anything to do with why The Last Duel did poorly. 
I mean, you could name COVID as one of the million reasons it did poorly, but you can't say yeah. that kids and Facebook and cell phones are why the last duel didn't do gangbusters at the fucking block at the um at the box office. I just there's no correlation there. It's crazy. It's just crazy to me. <laughs> like Yeah. It's it's tough. And it's like it's, it's one tough. of those I could see the argument of like well, you know, kids these days there's no attention span like like, you know, everything has to be flashier and not as, which like can arguably be true that like, yeah, like I think since the like creation of cell phones and stuff like that, the general attention span has diminished. Definitely. I know like for me, at least I like, you know, as soon as I have one second of boredom, I turn to my phone. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like, so I think that's <laughs> definitely like a, a shift in like the, the general mental like consensus yeah. of the in- nation whatever sure but that's who you're making movies for man like yeah. you know like you can talk about like cinematic and filmmaking integrity all you want but like then you just end up well that i don't want to say it that that way but like if you hold so fast to that mentality you're going to end up making films for no one that aren't going to make any money like truly Which, no money <laughs> and like and that's totally fine like if you're really scott and you just think you're like you know what i'm just gonna keep making the movies i want to make and like i don't give a shit if like four people see them i'm just they're like gonna that's... keep making them till i drop dead totally yes but please then do you that. can't but then you can't complain if there's no like audience for it yeah if you're saying i'm not gonna be part of the world i'm just gonna do what i want to do and whatever then you can't complain when no one goes and sees it. Right. And that doesn't mean to go out and make a Marvel movie. It just means yeah. that you can't, you need to redirect your focus on what you're like, what you care about. Like I know as filmmakers, especially famous ones, like you, you're, I, I did just give PTA as an example. So I, budget and block and um, box office yeah. isn't everything. It's just make a movie that you're proud of. And yeah. films are suggestive. So like when you were, or suggestive, subjective. So like when you were saying, like, oh, I'm not going to Gladiator to, like, necessarily see a historical, accurate documentary, basically. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And even if that was his intent, it's subjective material. Like, you can't... Yeah. It, it, it People will take out of it what they take out of it, and that's just what it is. So for him to be like, people aren't learning anything from my films, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, what yeah. are you talking about right now? Like, people can watch Alien and just have it completely go over their head in terms of themes and tone and everything... Um, and still have it mean something to them. So I, this really, really like did not rub me the right way with Ridley, yeah. man. I, I was just like, dude, do you really have to like have this narrow minded view of the way things are now? Like, yeah, I mean, to come back to like where we started, it's like as soon as anyone's like, oh, millennials are this. It's like, OK, dude, like, yeah, like millennials are in their like late 20s to 40s at this point. Yeah. Like you're yeah. talking about the the 20 year olds you know yeah around literal on TikToks. Yeah. yeah zoomers man it's zoomers, crazy yeah do you want to touch on what he said about superhero movies it's sure. kind of all in the same old man yells at cloud vibe well then he i mean well basically wasn't he just said it was just fucking boring as shit wasn't that his exact quote and like yeah. this shit is so boring and i'm like to an extent i agree with what he's saying like there's stuff about when he goes off about Marvel movies that I completely understand, like yeah. when he talks about um, 
like they lack in the story department. No yeah. arguments here. You know, they, they are saved a lot by visual effects. Again, no arguments here, but like, where is your issue if it's for popcorn entertainment? Like, yeah. what's the issue here? I don't get and it, the and, issue. <laughs> and, and to tie back, it's like, it's playing to that same thing of like, yeah, like shorter attention spans and like people are like, need more to be like, like pulled into with. something yeah. uh, just because of like the, you know, change in our, our society and whatnot but like that's the change that we're in like and that's why these movies do so well is because like well i'm generalizing please don't hold me to that quote but like you know (laughs) that like there's a level to which it's like yeah this stuff's popular because this is the what the audience wants yeah and like what's wrong with that yeah like they're not but like you know and like yeah there's plenty of people out there that like aren't going and hunting for Belfast or um, Spencer or any of those like more like are just like jacked about Venom 2 and jacked about uh, Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's taste. Exactly. I mean, it's weird because I I think the buzz that's been coming out about liquors, pizza, the buzz Mm -hmm. that came out about the French dispatch, um, like there are a uh, Spencer, like there are people that are talking to me about me about these movies that I didn't know cared about these types of movies. So I'm like, yeah. we're in a weird time where, yeah, sure. Endgame and, and Spider-Man and the matrix are taking over again, but we're also in the time where there's a lot of like really original auteurs coming out that people are finding and yeah. are, are going towards like so many more people that I'm friends with that aren't cinema cinema people are like do licorice pizza it looks amazing i'm like you've never seen a single pta movie but you want to go see a movie called licorice pizza with nobody you know in it yeah let's go so it's like while i agree with him i'm also like hey man maybe like i just didn't want to watch a three-hour movie where people are dueling yeah over some woman who may or may not have been sexually assaulted like there's something where i'm like sometimes i just yeah. <laughs> it's a three-hour subject building to one duel <laughs> Right, and so yeah. I'm curious to see how House of Gucci does, because if it yeah. just shuts him the fuck up, if it's like, does Gangbusters, I've said Gangbusters like four times this episode, <laughs> I don't know why, but if it does really well, then I'm like, dude, just shut your mouth. Like, what are you talking about? It's very interesting, because I'm hearing very, very mixed things about it. I, we do that, though. It was either yeah. going to be really good or really bad. Like, yeah, it's either going to be the best movie ever or the worst movie ever. But. Yeah. We'll see. So, I don't know. It's still, it's, that's Wednesday. this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday. So actually, technically when this came out, when this episode drops, I will have seen it already. But, there you go. So right. we'll see what happens. <laughs> Future Josh. Yes. Coming at us. Yes. So. Hi. That got me worked up there, man. A little bit. Yeah, me too. I was kind of <laughs> like, I'm like, hey man, like, I don't know. I, I've always kind of had this argument of like, taste is taste and everyone's is different. And like, you mm-hmm. can't force taste on somebody. God, that no. sounded bad, but like you can't force your taste on somebody. No, you know? no. And that's, I mean, Marvel is the perfect, I, I, I rope all superhero stuff into Marvel, but superhero stuff yeah. in general is the perfect example of that where it's like, he hates them. I mean, it's pop Many music. people love them. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, like if you, if you make the, the music comparison, it's like, it's pop music and like, yeah, it's, it's Taylor Swift. It's Britney Spears. It's, you know. It appeals to a wide margin. The other thing that the youths are listening to these days, uh, 
yeah, K-pop or whatever. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> BTS. Um, BTS. Yeah, we love BTS. <laughs> but like, yeah, like, and that's it's a weird comparison too because it's like if you look at the music industry, it's like, yeah, those are like the big things that are on the radio all the time. But mm-hmm. like, you can find so much more. Yeah, and like you can just find it and just like find your own i don't know i'm off on a tangent here but like no i'm i'm with you it's like it's pop culture it's pop culture versus like indie culture versus whatever and it's like yeah there's nothing that says that pop is pop culture is bad and i don't know like it's pop culture for a reason i don't know well at one point ridley scott was the pop culture of it all so it's like there's no it's so ironic it's it's so ironic i can't even get into it like (laughs) these guys who used to just take over the 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 social sphere are now bitching because they aren't doing that like (laughs) yeah it's 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 crazy like it's one of those things that like as much as i hate to keep going but it it really boils down to old man yells at cloud yeah like it's okay. Like really, I'm sorry you don't like this stuff, but like this is what the pop culture of this age is. Yeah. And get on board, or you can't complain that people aren't seeing your movies. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm there with you. I'm there. <sighs> I'm heated. Really, Scott, if you're listening, please don't be listening. <laughs> I feel. Like <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking wild. One of our like. 40 listens is like he is Ridley, Ridley Scott <laughs> and he blacklists us from every venue is it weird that I feel like I will like never see the last duel like almost on principle at this point I'm almost at that point myself where I'm like dude which like isn't fair I guess but I'm like oh yeah okay like I feel like it's like weirdly offended as a millennial but, but also like he's doing the same shit like he's being offended over stuff that I'm guaranteeing he's never seen. And it's like, just because people like something yeah, doesn't make it a bad thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, we're dealing with a lot of these older, uh, filmmakers that just are yeah. very, I mean, being a filmmaker, especially a famous one, you have to have some pretension in there. You have to think you're of the course. best or else you don't get there. And they're all getting dethroned by fucking CGI. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and let's let's just t- do the little last tag note here of we're getting an alien and a Blade Runner TV show. Yeah. Which is like the ultimate like, oh, it's not cinema anymore. Like that was for the longest time. Like, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. Like who does TV? TV is garbage. Like, but like here he is with like taking two of his arguably the two largest properties he was ever a part of alien yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I guess. Alien and Blade Runner. I don't even know why I'm arguing this in my head. Yeah, but like, it's definitely the two biggest, and probably gonna go to streaming. Like, where yeah, else? Yeah, and like it's yeah, they're folding it into what is like the current, like how things are done. So like, yeah, yeah, it's like you got your right hand and your left hand, and you're screaming at your right hand while your left hand is like doing exactly what your other hand yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what we say. Ridley Scott is still gonna be a legend. He, he definitely doesn't need to be as much of a curmudgeon, but this could also be just a drum of publicity because we're fucking talking about him for yeah. like half the episode. And so. like, yeah, and here's House of Gucci coming at us. In, yeah. In a, in a couple days. <laughs> in a couple days, so. So, yeah. Or yesterday, if you're Technically, listening to this yeah. when it came yeah. out. <laughs> and not when we're recording it because that would yeah, be really Yeah, because that would be, yeah. Let's bring it home, Josh. 
let's do it. So um, let's do recommendations, Willis. Yes. How about that? How about we go go there? Yes. Uh, do Is you it a want Ridley to... Scott movie? God no. <laughs> Although honestly, we'll get to it after. But what do you uh, do? You want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. If you want to go first, that's fine. Sure. Um, so yeah, my recommendation this week is not a Ridley Scott film. Uh, it is a film called Possessor, which came out last year, which I don't know how I hadn't seen it before this last week, but it is a Brandon Cronenberg movie, which is Hmm. the son of, you know, David Cronenberg. Yeah. So you kind of have an idea of what this might be like, but it's very much like stylistically, he doesn't take from him at all. He does Hmm. a couple things that are Cronenberg-esque, but basically this film is in a dystopia where... Um, corporate assassins or like hitmen kind of use brain implant technology to gain access to other people so that they can get close to these high value targets and kill them like as it's fucked up there's some things where i'm like okay you're using this person's significant other to get to them to it's it's a whole thing yeah um what's this called possessor possessor it's on it's on hulu right now and a bunch of other places but uh but yeah it was mind bending in the best of ways um it deals a lot with humanity and what it means to be a human versus what it means to just be alive um amazing use of i don't even want to give too much away there's a lot of cronenberg things in there that you're like oh yes he's doing this like it looks so good um but it is yeah it's a very dark film as you would expect but it's it's wonderful and uh if you're into that sort of things very gory and definitely graphic but it's it's up there for like one of the best movies I've seen in the last couple of years. So nice. Possessor, everyone. Hulu and probably Shudder and Prime and all that stuff. So it's interesting. I, I we we do a lot of these recommendations and a lot of them are streaming on Hulu. Hulu's streaming yeah. a lot more, I think, than it gets credit for. I just upped my Disney Plus plan to include Hulu and I'm like, yeah. dude, I've watched like ten movies on Hulu in the past like two weeks. They've yeah. got a lot of good stuff on there. Going into that yeah, interesting. Uh but just because mine is also streaming on Hulu. Uh, oh fuck yeah. But my uh, my film for this week is a film that came out in 2000. So a little while ago Ooh, now, 21 okay. years ago. Nice. Jesus. Um, called High Fidelity. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is one of, I don't, I don't, it's like, it's not a major film in any capacity. It's kind of just like a small story, but like there's something about it that just makes me like love it every time. And there's so many like iconic kind of scenes from it. Um, yeah. It's basically, it's about, it stars John Cusack um, in possibly his most John Cusacky role, uh, talking directly to camera, like a lot of stuff like that. Um, You can also play spot the Cusacks in it because I think all of his siblings are in it. No shit. Joan Cusack's in it, but I think his like other, uh, like his other sister and I think his other, like his other sister plays a waitress, I think. That's legendary. Yeah. So weird. Uh, Also stars Jack Black. Um tim robbins a couple other but it's basically about a guy yeah about a guy that owns uh a record store um and he kind of gets dumped and goes on this journey back through his top five breakups of all time it's a very uh oh yeah it's it's a cool it's like a cool story completely wrapped around a record store um but like oh, not a hundred percent about the record store. Um, I'm down. I'm fucking down. I'm adding it to my watch list right now. Oh, you should definitely, it's short too. It's, I think it's only like an hour and 45 minutes or so. Um, Perfect. But uh, it'll make you want to listen to like all kinds of like, 
it'll it'll put you in a very like I want to listen to music all the time kind of mood. Ah. Uh, Okay. And they made a they made a TV show of it at some point uh, a few years back oh. uh, that I haven't watched yet, but has been on my list to watch for like the longest time. Interesting, different people, I assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, hell yeah, high fidelity streaming on Hulu as well. Um, totally worth it. Easy watch, you know. Um, hell yeah, two thousand like Jack a- Black. Like yeah, it's like more of a comedy time. kind of type of deal. Like oh, a, yeah. Like oh, a it's definitely comedy. a comedy. Yeah. Oh, it's, I wouldn't oh, yeah. say it's a dramatic. I'd say it's a straight up comedy. Straight up comedy? Cool. Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> Two very different films. One that yes. has literally not a single funny part in it and the other one that's just straight up comedy. So let's yes. do this. Yep. <laughs> Good double feature. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Cool. That'll so do that'll it. bring us home. Um, Josh, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on the internets, uh, on Twitter at Josh Fuller 33 Fuller is spelled with no E. You can also find me on Instagram at Josh J. Fuller, and you can also find me on Letterboxd at Josh Fuller. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just completely forgot what I was doing right there. And where can people <laughs> find you online, Willis? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WillisFilm. Uh, you can also find me on Letterboxd at WillisFilm. And if you want to find the podcast itself, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters and on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod and on Letterboxd at uh, Pixel Splitters, where you can find all of our recommendations, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I feel like we should put like our consumed content on there, too, but I feel like most of the time it's not necessarily a movie or a show. Well, that was the thing. I, I went to do that the other day, and I'm like, most of it's not a movie. Yeah. So, most of mine are and just even trailers. <laughs> And so, yeah, I know some of mine are fucking songs. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Um, so, I, and even some of our recommendations are mine are. I think we've kind of gotten down to just movies now for recommendations. Yeah, yeah. which there makes was there was a but, couple podcasts in there. I think. Yeah, and I but, did like uh, Atlanta. I think, but but yeah. So uh, so follow us guys on Letterbox. Yeah, and and that'll bring us home. Yeah. Yeah. This will yeah. usually be where the music swells up, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll chat for no other reason than we don't know how to end these and we're not sure how to end any of these so yeah. uh so, so I guess, um, thanks for listening and uh tune in next week for our big old three zero episode yeah yeah we, we we gotta figure out something to do yeah we're not quite sure yet but but yeah. it'll come to us yeah like the day before in the middle of the like episode that. yeah we'll be like oh you know what <laughs> yeah. we should do and then we'll stumble through it like we do all our transitions like we always do so uh but that's why you tune in guys exactly for all see of now i've definitely said and now the music swells like way too early because we're still talking so like it's let's go fine. with like and now the music swells yeah and we just kind of go all right guys thanks for listening josh it's good to talk to you man you too man <laughs> and uh we'll talk to you next week all this righty has been, this has been pixel splitters <laughs>